0: Today's episode of The Masked Man Show is brought to you by Comedy Central's Roast Battle. What's a roast battle? Imagine the perfect combination of stand-up comedy, rap battles, and professional wrestling all in one place. Join Brian Moses and DJ Coach T for Roast Battle the podcast as they bring you weekly live battles from the world-famous comedy store in Hollywood, as well as behind-the-scenes interviews with the industry's best comedians. You'll hear some insensitive jokes, some politically incorrect jokes, but every joke you hear Comes from a place of love. Subscribe now to Roast Battle for new episodes every Thursday in your podcast feed.
1: Hey, Packerheads, it's me, Peter Rosenberg, the most mage mage caster of them all. Hey, this is Bruce Pretcher. This is Roast Battle Season 1 Champion Mike Long. This is sky lasting. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE Superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE Superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I am a chance scan that I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to me. And you know, you're listening, you're, to. Listening to. And you know you're listening to? You're listening to you are to you're You're listening to the Masked Man Show. Masked Man Show. Masked Man Show. Masked Man Show. Masked yes, Man Show.
2: Welcome to the Masked Man Show. We're back and better than ever, hopefully. Uh, It's been a few weeks. It's been an exciting few weeks for me. I have a son. More about whom later, but there's a more important person who's uh, walked into my life today. And that's the man on the other end of this phone. Walking his dog. The one, (laughs) the only, the biggest heel in Manhattan right now. Peter Rosenberg. How you doing, bud?
1: I certainly don't deserve uh, better billing this week than your newborn (laughs) son, but uh, I I will share co-billing as I plan on us later. I plan on him and I one day having sort of a like Chavo, Eddie Guerrero like relationship. So um, I appreciate that and uh, I'm happy to be here.
2: Oh man, that means a lot. I'm sure I'll I'll let him know that tonight too. Um, Listen, I want to get right into it. You, of all the people that I know, of all the people that are like roughly my peers, especially the people I know from like the wrestling internet, you've probably negotiated more contracts worth a significant amount of money than anyone in, in that category. <laughs> um, and we're in a really weird moment in professional wrestling all of a sudden where it looks like we have WWE has some competition. And every time I go on the internet, all I'm seeing is people negotiating, signing new contracts with Ring of Honor, with all elite wrestling. With now with wwe or you know up through nxt what what is like first of all let's just talk about all elite how excited are you for this new promotion and uh and and how excited are you to see like money just flowing around like it's the heyday of wcw in the wrestling industry
1: um i am i am um i'm excited with reservations for all elite um I I, listen. I've long since you and I first started a long time ago. I've always been a proponent of competition, and you know, I really always, with with very brief exceptions, I never considered TNA legitimate competition. We don't know yet whether this will prove to be legitimate competition, um, the kind of competition that can make the WWE better. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. I think it's. I think it's potentially very cool. Um, I think it's a much bigger climb than people realize. And I think that, you know, there being money involved while it makes it exciting and it makes it feel real, I still feel it leaves a lot of things unanswered. And when you look at the early signings so far, there are some things that jump out as super exciting and 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 then there's also some gaps. so I, I think it's exciting with a lot of potential, but there's still a long way to go before it's something that truly changes the landscape of wrestling,
2: yeah. I'm with you on that. I mean, I think that it's a it's a bold move, and you're right. They got a long way to go. Um, I think that wrestling fans, even the wrestling fans that are most excited about it, I think there's a, they're going to realize there's a there's a distance between getting really stoked for a new YouTube video or for a, you know, a, a one-off pay-per-view and and committing yourself to another weekly show. Um, and there's a big, there's a big jump in the amount of creative they're going to have to do to pull that off. But the people that are behind it are really smart and they're, and they're hopefully, you know, I mean, I think they very well know what they're getting into. Just today, I'm glancing over the, glancing over the, you know, the Reddit or whatever and, and. The list of people who are potentially who have potentially maybe asked for their releases are Mike and Maria Canellis, The Revival, as of last night or as of Monday night. And there's a lot of rumors floating around about Dolph Ziggler uh, trying to get out of his deal too. Who knows if that's true? Those are always the rumors with him. And, and and last time that happened, he was on his way out the door before he signed like another million dollar deal. I don't know. Do you, what? Are, would you would you be would you be excited to see some of those guys go and 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 try something else out for a while? I mean, what's what's, what's your take on that?
1: those, those names that you mentioned are exactly the kind of people who should be trying to get out of their deal to go do something there. Um, the canalises, you know, limited use, uh, in WWE, um, the revival, the same thing. Um, those are the kind of people that should be looking for that opportunity. And then the question becomes when people like that, get an opportunity at AEW, do they make some sort of big impression? Where you go, oh man, WWE—they had no idea what they were sitting on. Or do they go over there and you're like, oh yeah, this is this is kind of what I expected of them. This is what they are. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure. I like the revival's weird. Like in, in, in theory, I see why the revival is really cool. Yet they don't have one moment in their entire time in WWE that I particularly cared about. Yeah. Um, is that is that because I'm just some hack free show? wwe shell perhaps but i uh you tell me when was the moment it's not a diss to them and it could be all about how they've been used but for those reasons that's why they're the perfect kind of people to go try something else
2: yeah i I totally agree about the revival i mean about about this being a a smart move for them if indeed they'd make it and so far apparently they asked for the release and it was and they were denied you know And, and they've they've been they're sort of like one of the Test cases for WWE, the new era that the McMahon family announced, you know, they got the they kind of got their opportunity on that very night and they've been they've been getting screen time, more significant screen time and, and, you know, something more of a push ever since. But, you know, as much this is, again, I'm not a pre-show show, show, but I but I, you know, in my old age, find myself um, becoming more of a, you know, fighting the impulse, but becoming more of a McMahon style size guy. Um, and I, and I think that of all of the guys that have come up through NXT and when they, you know, they jump onto Raw or SmackDown and you, and you realize they're, you know, five inches shorter than you thought they were, those, th- those two guys would just, their gimmick would be so much better if they were just a little bit taller, you know? I mean, if they just had more of that like old school bruiser vibe. And I know that like, that, that, you know, Arne Anderson and Tully Blanchard weren't six six but, but yeah, I think that, I think that. You know, seeing them seeing them brawling with the young bucks would be a cooler look than you know seeing them go toe to toe with like Drew McIntyre or something like that.
1: There's also something like it, tag teams inherently, like there's something about like the cool indie tag team, yeah, that just doesn't quite translate well in WWE. And like the second you see them back somewhere else, you're like, oh yeah, they're awesome. They have like great matches with people, and like I get why they work here. And then the second they walk down the ramp in WWE, like you hear like that sort of nothing pop. And you're like, what do they do here again? It, yeah. it, 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 that's, that, that's not a knock on anyone. There's some, the ta- being super over in the tag division in WWE is like, I mean, think about who that is. I mean, the people are like really being, oh, it's like the New Day and the Usos. Like people yeah. who can really talk. And really have like their their package is really well put together and really WWE style. It's it's tough to just be a good wrestling tag team in WWE.
2: Yeah, I I think that that's exactly right. I mean, you look at the New Day; they're obviously more than a tag team, you know. And 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 another thing about I mean, the New Day and the Usos are have benefited from being on SmackDown and sort of you know it's, they're not toiling in anonymity, but they but they've got this. I mean, it's it's just a different vibe over there, you know. I mean, you talk about the revival, their heyday without a question was an NXT and NXT has a little bit more of that sort of, you know, outsider, you know, indie vibe and, and more than anything else, you're allowed to be a little bit corny, you know, and, and, and a little bit, a little bit like self-referential self-refer- and ironic. And we see a lot of, a lot of tag teams, pr- particularly that come up through NXT with throwback gimmicks. You know, we saw it with the Ascension with the authors of pain a little bit, um, even the VOD villains, they're not, you know, they're they're referencing sort of a, you know, a hipster version of the of the way, way back past. But for some reason, that's just not never really translated or has yet to really translate on on, you know, the main roster in that same way. And, and I think that that sort of, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink style, even if that's not your bread and butter, if that's a little bit of your gimmick that works better. You know, that's 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 a little bit of what the Young Bucks are doing, you know, and and that's and that it'll it'll always, you know, you're right. It just it's it's not the same thing. And we even see with, like, Gallows and Anderson, who came with a bunch of fanfare, at least, you know, from the from the corners of the internet that we pay attention to. And, and they really haven't found their niche either, except for, you know, when they've done Bullet Club adjacent stuff. So, yeah, I think that'll be interesting. But on a very basic level, All Elite, let's say that they sign, you know, five to ten more big names, some from WWE, some from around... Are you are you overall if if it's a great show are you going to be excited to have another great night of wrestling to look forward to every week? I mean, do you think that's going to take a chunk out of your WWE viewing?
1: I don't know how realistic. Do we know what night of the week we're talking about yet? That's the question. No,
2: I mean they they copyrighted Tuesday. They they copyrighted the name of a Tuesday show and but but now that's sort of like just really out the window that they're they're interviewing or not out the window but they're talking about it being a a, a Turner show, like a TBS pro- program, and, and Tuesdays, you know, that's NBA territory for a lot of the year. So, you know, it's, it's I think it's a little bit up in the air. But I th- the, the original idea, I think, was to jump on Tuesdays when SmackDown moves, but I don't think that's necessarily set in stone.
1: Hmm. Well, that's a very interesting thought because, I don't know, it, it gets hard because you want to get away from Mondays a bit, in my opinion. And at the same time, SmackDown's going to be on. Right? is wouldn't it be awesome if they went like a uh, tbs saturday night 605 style
2: yes i mean that would be absolutely great and the other cool thing about that would be that it's without without the without the drudge of the, the drudgery of the work week it, it makes it a little bit less i think that they would benefit from not having to be like appointment viewing you know i mean not, and not having to be the thing that you watch immediately but I think that, I mean, obviously you, can, you have time to watch it, I, I, what I mean by Monday, by the time that people are logging on and, and, and you know, commenting like crazy.
1: It is tough, though, to decide. I mean, I, I, at first, obviously, when it first comes on, it will be the appointment viewing if you're a real wrestling fan. Of course, that, yeah. stand the test of time. It's tough. That's a really, that's a tough thing to do to add, add more right now, especially considering my weekly schedule involves Raw, SmackDown, Two o five live NXT NXT UK plus what's new on the network plus New Japan Ring of Honor I watch all of these shows front to back that's what it takes to be an expert like me (laughs) so do I do I have time to add yet another that's that's tough I don't know if I can do that
2: yeah I mean I think there's I think they have the opportunity to do some really fun stuff you know I mean like if they uh, like I think that doing TV for them is going to be I mean it's 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 tough because they're you know, they've built. I mean, the elite have built their name on being an internet presence. You know, and you can do relatively short stuff, and 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 it's it's more comedy driven, and it's and like it was, I was saying before, kind of self referential and funny, and to sort of like retrofit that into a proper wrestling TV show, I think is going to be a feat, and I, I think they can pull it off. But it almost seems like going in the going in the wrong direction for them. Uh, you know, or not the wrong direction, but it's a it's a it's sort of like you know, much more traditional, you know, space than they've occupied so far in a lot of ways. So, you know, I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe they'll get the freedom from the networks to do, you know, what if if they went for 30 minutes on Monday night, head to head and did, you know, another show on Tuesday or another show, a different time of the week, that could be cool. But, um, but yeah, man, it's a lot to watch. It's a lot to watch. I find myself doing NXT and, and, and UK and just like big it, like once a month just just sitting in front of the TV and doing everything at the same you know just downloading it um obviously having WWE Smackdown on Fridays is going to change viewership to some extent like i don't you know who knows if if i'll be in front of the TV just like excited to watch every friday night my guess is that'll be more of like a saturday recording thing um so we'll see man it is an exciting time though because now ring of honor stepped up their signings they're there seem to be just like just just trying to Get all the talent they have now that they don't have the elite guys on the roster anymore, and uh, and they really want to stay relevant. They just like signed Rush, this you know great wrestler who's been doing cool stuff for MLW, to a deal and, and and doing so, swiped him from M- MLW in a sort of a well, you know, it's not exactly underhanded, but it's a less than ideal sort of situation. I don't know. A lot of money is getting thrown around right now, and it's it's Ring of
1: Honor has to really try to do something right now before they instantly become like distant third, mm-hmm. which would be foreign territory at this point, considering the, the place they've occupied most recently. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what they can do. And and really, I think the questions about all elite get answered on how the show is produced, mm-hmm. how big it feels, you know, for example, the, on the pay-per-view I thought the backstage stuff looked really small time and not to say it doesn't ever look that way on, on WWE. It's obviously, you know, it depends on wh- what you're seeing. Um, but to me, it's just about the way, the whole way the show's cut, the way it feels, the way the stories are told. Um, there was a way that TNA was done. um, that with brief exceptions always felt really small. And can you figure that out? Can you figure out the way how to make your show look competitive? Cause yeah. the talent is one piece of it for sure. But really, I think the real difference is what does the show feel like, you know, the way, you know, you know, the way Atlanta, is an amazing TV show because of the writing and the acting, but what takes it over the top is the feel that that to me is such a big part of what will make this legit or not.
2: Yeah. I mean, Atlanta is a great, I mean, is a good example because it's, it's, they managed to take a really kind of conventional framework. Um, I mean, in, in so much as they're just doing a, you know, weekly dramedy on television and, and, and on a, you know, on a regular TV channel with, with regular cameras and, and everything else, and they make it feel really fresh and really new and really vital. Um, and I think that you know, it's just it, there's no advice. I mean, that, that you could that you can give all They're going to have to figure this out. I mean, that no one's going to be right or wrong in the abstract. But I, but I do think that you know, you you. It's pretty easy to look at every time I've seen the Young Bucks wrestle. It's been a transcendent experience, and part of that it's it, it, live. I mean, and and part of that is because the Young Bucks are really excellent. But part of that is because I am, I, I was like sitting at, at, you know, PWG in Reseda, you know, in, in, in their like, in their famous building. Uh, or I was at, you know, whatever indie show. And we all have these experiences where if you go to an indie show, it just feels like the coolest place in the world. Even if it's at, like a two bit bingo hall in Queens or whatever, it just feels so cool and so different and so like vital, exciting. And if there's any way they can find a way to capture that and like, Put give that to the viewer. Make it just seem different. Make it seem necessary. You know, then then that'll that that can really be something. And you know, um, like Lucha Underground had a good go of like doing something different, but now they're sort of an interminable. You know, like uh, they're in hiatus for who knows how long, maybe forever. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I think that you know, if, weirdly, of if, if everybody trying to do something that feels different, like you know, NXT has done the best job of really making a wrestling show feel different in an interesting way, but I think lead will have to go further.
1: Yeah, and I also wonder how much they try to actually get into competition. Like, do they jump in and act like we're trying to make a splash and we're trying to F with WWE? Because any attempt to do that is both high risk, high reward, um, yeah. and make, makes it potentially a lot of fun um, if they're able to do it in a real way in a real way it's just such a difference like do you want to exist the way roh and new japan exist now which is like they're just they're on tv and if you're a real fan you find it or are you like no no no, we're we're trying to make a splash we're trying to make news stories we're trying to use social media and um you know talk trash yeah um and really get a conversation going that's a big piece of it you know um love it or hate it we can all say like it's just As long as they put on great wrestling matches, no, dude, this isn't a live, it's not a live show where you have eight matches and you don't care what the stories are. This is about putting together a TV show. And what made these TV shows the best in most recent memory is when they really were competing. Even when we had the eight seconds where TNA got Flair and Hogan and made it look like they were going to really go head to head. And if you remember that, as a result of that, it may have seemed like nothing, Dude, that was when that was when Vince brought back Bret Hart, mm-hmm. and we had an actual Vince McMahon Bret Hart promo competing against Hulk Hogan on TNA. Yeah. Serious is it makes an impact. No pun intended.
2: It's true, and I, I think that I think that I mean the flip side of that is interesting too, because you know I know that that this is something that Tony Khan or the cons have, have had their eye on for a while, obviously. Cody and the Bucks have been thinking this way for a couple years now, um, but I don't think it's any coincidence that this is happening. You know, on the heels of WWE signing a a couple of like hundred, you know, v- very very lucrative TV contracts, right? I mean, I think that the that, that the deals that WWE signed opened up the rest of the wrestling world and the TV, you know, the broadcasting world to the reality that this is a very viable form of entertainment and and, a, and can be a very lucrative one. And it's possible that, that you know, the All Elite and whoever they end up doing their deal with are just like, you know, we can make hundreds of millions of dollars without ever messing with WWE. You know, we can just do our own thing and it's still be well worth the investment and very successful and people will love us. And we don't have to go head to head and we don't have to tamper with contracts and we don't have to do anything else. And, and I agree it would be the competition is what I think everybody's salivating for. But I think that, you know, I think they're probably concentrating now in competition more in the abstract, which is just put on a good show that'll make and, and have people say this is better than WWE without necessarily, you know, nipping at their heels really directly. But I guess we'll I guess we'll find out anyway, moving off of all elite. I just want to ask your opinion on a couple of things that have happened over the past week or so on the flagship. We have women's tag team belts that have formally been uh, revealed to the world. Are you,
1: oh, yes, Are you excited? Uh, I'm about the physical titles, or about the act them existing.
2: No, nah, the act of them them existing. I don't really care about. It. I'm, not, I'm not a title. I'm not a title snob.
1: I'm not a title nerd. Good, me neither. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. I think it's. I think I think there's a lot of potential for fun there. I it came up in an in an email to our show last week to GP about like what would be better the, these tag titles or um, another singles women's title. Yeah, and it actually kind of got me thinking. I was like, "Oh man, would I actually rather have an, a single women's like IC title instead?" Because there are so mm-hmm. many si- singles women's wrestlers who don't have a place, and like there's so many who could battle for it. And it actually kind of got me wishing that happened instead of a tag title. Yeah. Um. But that being said. I think it's cool. Um, and listen, there's obviously been a, an incredibly overt attempt to make women a bigger part of the show. Um, frankly, they're often among the best parts of the show. So yeah, I I hope, I hope something, I hope it's better than the men's tag division on rise.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, the one cool thing about it that I think goes to what you were just saying is that they, you know, they're sort of, they're, they're not brand specific, these tag belts. And it'll probably end up just being another, like, cross-brand, you know, cluster where, you know, they're, we're, we're trying to figure out why certain teams can't wrestle for the belts and, and it's all like a, a politics thing. But, you know, if we get closer to, you know, it, it, it's... I, I I've said a million times. There's just it would be we'd be better off if there was just one women's division, you know, and just split them up between the shows sort of arbitrarily. I mean, the brand split is going to be more and more important with the Fox deal, but it just seems sort of you know passe with all of with you know there's there's so many like matches you want to see. Obviously now with the with Ronda Rousey feuding with Charlotte and Becky Lynch, it's a it, you know the, the it's kind of going out the window. And maybe maybe we'll find a maybe we'll get to a place where the women's division is brandless and. And then they can unify the titles and bring and you know have a women's IC belt or something like that to to, to take up the slack. I I, I, t- I totally agree with you there. We got the Rumble right around the corner. Yeah, you know, is there is there anything specific that you're getting excited about? For, I mean, do, do you have any predictions for the Rumble? I'm, I'm I'm guessing we won't be talking on the air, although you know who knows maybe. But the, but uh, what what what's the what's the what's your outlook for for Royal Rumble
1: 2019? You know, I I think I'm as confused going into this rumble as I ever have been in terms of where I think this goes. I I don't know what I believe the conventional wisdom to be. I mean, you assume that we end up on the women's side with Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania, correct? Yeah. So I think that simplifies the women. Even though we don't know, Becky Lynch isn't officially in it yet, is she?
2: No, cause she's wrestling for the belt. I mean, she's she's fighting Oscar for the for the SmackDown title. Oh, yeah, that's right. She's not even in the Rumble match. So R- Rousey's fighting Sasha Banks. I mean, that sort of writes itself. Assuming you know, if if everything right, goes so, Oh, I'm sorry. Plan. So I have
1: it backwards. So it means we're going to get Charlotte and Ronda Rousey that culmination of WrestleMania.
2: I think Becky's going to be in that match too. And it's, so it's either going to be that Becky loses or wins, but still enters herself after the fact in the Rumble. And and finds a way to get in the match, or you could have, you know, Charlotte win the rumble and call out both champions if Becky and Ronda are the are the you know the two champs at the end of the night. There's a lot of ways you can get there. I mean, the 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 rumors that have been going around now is that it's looking like a three way match between Charlotte, Becky, and and Ronda, and and it's just a matter of of how they get there. But you know, up until fairly recently, the plan was for it to be. Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey straight up and and you know Sasha was gonna I mean sorry, Charlotte was gonna fight Rousey at at the rumble and and, and maybe and maybe now they'll still have Charlotte versus Rousey at Elimination Chamber and say, make it a one-on-one for Mania. I mean, I said from the very beginning, or you know, for a couple of months that what makes sense is a triple threat. But the more that this starts to look like a potential main event for WrestleMania, I think the more Vince is going to be inclined to make it one-on-one just because he hates triple threats. You know, he hates triple threat main events. So that's going to be maybe the most exciting part of the show. What do you think about Finn Balor getting his shot at Brock Lesnar for the title at the Rumble? Do you think there's any way Finn's going to win?
1: No, I don't think so. I mean, I I go with the logic that Brock really likes these matches. And after the daniel bryan match it gives them an opportunity to have like a really good fun match but also get a nice clean win mm-hmm. i don't see it being anything more than that although i just see that the the universal title picture is so m- muddied right now yeah what is the clear and definitive story around that title besides it just being an endless sort of year after year after year brock lesnar reign yeah because Braun is no longer Braun in the same way. You know who I blame, by the way, for all that. I, I blame that little kid from WrestleMania. For the, for all that. <laughs> he stole his heat.
2: I know. Well, that's what happens when you try to appeal to, you know, the all of the fans. You end up being diehard. You, you know, you lose the diehards, too. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that... Uh, I don't know if they missed their chance with Braun, but you're right. This isn't. This doesn't feel like the Braun moment. I I got to tell you, I know absence makes the heart grow fonder, and this was sort of was inevitable. But when Cena came out and sort of asked for that Brock Lesnar match on Raw, I really, really wanted him. I I, I did. I, you know that wasn't my. That's not my dream main event for WrestleMania. But at least I had to have the feeling that like Cena would do a better job of passing the torch and like kind of hanging around for the next generation to get really solidified. And you know, whoever he put over would be it would be a little bit more definitive, and not you know we just don't know. It, everything just seems so up in the air with Brock all the time, and that's exciting. You know, that brings a certain level of of excitement, but it's not. It does feel like we're just sort of on in a in a never ending loop right now.
1: It does feel like there's something missing inherently from this Brock reign and it has felt that way for a long time.
2: Yeah, so I mean, I'm excited to see what they do with Finn. I always like it when they when they give him a little shot. I I hope that they. You know, don't forget about him the moment that he loses at the Rumble, but but I guess we'll see.
1: Or like, or like, does he is is he someone who fights his arse off in a in a championship match against Brock Lesnar, loses valiant valiantly, and then ends up in the final four of the Rumble, and that's a pretty huge push. A night like that would be a pretty huge deal for Finn.
2: Yeah, no, I think I think that's right. I think that would that would make a lot of sense. He's definitely he's definitely got that. He's definitely got a sort of a sort of in ring charisma. That's, you know, hard to quantify um, when he gets out there and he's really like on his little baby face, you know, fighting from under when he's on his tear at the end of the match. The crowd seems really involved and um, and, you know, WWE needs to just really be focusing in on on, you know, what's really working for every wrestler. I think they have a they have so much talent at the top. I think that the biggest question now is just like, what is the top? And I think they, they, you know, I think on Monday having that. Four corners match to sort of to 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 determine the number one contendership does that does a good job to like kind of let your let it sink into the fans like who's who matters right now, but you know Baron Corbin being in the match for no other reason than to eat the pin I think sort of waters it down some, uh, but you know I don't want to be too hard on my guy Baron Corbin.
1: I had Corbin winning that match. Did you really? No, no, oh, I didn't. Okay. I was like,
2: what am I missing,
1: man? But I do really like him personally a lot.
2: We always talk about this stuff, and I might, have, I might have said this on the show back then, but um, when I was in LA for Survivor Series, uh, I was backstage for a moment. And I know this is old hat to you, but whenever I, you know, I, we, we've spoken before about how there's some some wrestlers that just look, like, way different in real life, and, and usually it's way more impressive, you know? I mean, the, the old thing we would talk about is how, like, The Miz and Sheamus just look like, like, amazing bodybuilders when you would see him in, in, like, live matches, but they, did, they didn't always come through on TV, but... I, when I saw, I ran into Baron Corbin backstage, and that guy looks like a beast. I mean, he looks, he is in, he is so impressive, and uh, and yeah, apparently a really sweet. I mean, a really good guy. I mean, a really likable guy. So, and I, and i you, know, you can call him sweet. I
1: think I think totally reasonable. I'm a big fan. I, uh, I mean, I
2: I don't know him. I, I don't want to say sweet unless I taught you know hang out with him myself. But the but he's he's a he's a uh, he seems to be a well liked guy. And listen. For what he's been given to work with, he's been really impressive in his on-screen, you know, in his in his uh, general manager or constable role over the past. I mean, it's you know they they put him out there to get heat, and he's done it. And I I don't want to go too too far down that path, but you know he's been in the ring with every talker on the Raw roster, and he's and he's had to he's had to do a lot of the heavy lifting as far as the the script goes, and he's he's pulled it off. So you know they got to figure out what he's going to do.
1: Yeah, people don't I'm sure don't want to give him credit, but the fact of the matter is. He's gotten legitimate heat many times. Um, so I, he has he has impressed me. It's interesting, and, and you can tell how well-liked he is, because the time at which he got the constable thing, it would have been so easy. He could have easily been on his path like out of there. And instead, uh, he ended up taking on this role where you know, his verbiage has become a major part of the show. And love him or hate him, I think he's done a pretty good job with it.
2: Yeah, it's like they yanked, they 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 took him out of the job just to sort of like appease the fans, but they can't run the show without him. You know what I mean? He's still out there he's still out there cutting promos every week. Like it's it's really it's 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 pretty incredible. All right, enough about Corbin. Do you wanna do two seconds before you take off on how awesome Andrade versus Rey Mysterio was on Tuesday?
1: I mean, listen that, that to me that sort of thumbs up what makes SmackDown such a show right now. And we've said this before, you and I have talked about this, but it's just so true how Raw is the show about a wrestling show and SmackDown's just a wrestling show. Yeah. But it basically just feels like from the second you turn on SmackDown, like within a few minutes, you're watching like a wrestling match of some interest. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong. There's silliness and there's hijinks, but there's always like a great Daniel Bryan moment now. I've really enjoyed the Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles stuff over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so good. And then you get just random awesomeness like Rey Mysterio and Sian Amas having like this sort of dream match for no reason. It like, reminds you of uh, an episode of Raw from 1999-2000 where you go back and watch it now and you're like, wow, they just had a random match on a Monday? Mm-hmm. That's, that's like what that was to me. Yeah, uh, again, week after week, it's just, I don't know, I just always wonder do the powers that be come away every week feeling like Tuesday always felt better than Monday. And is that by virtue of it being shorter or is it by virtue of the fact that they make it a wrestling show?
2: Yeah, man. I mean, I think it being shorter has, I mean, that's, it's, it's only, I don't think it's any one thing, but, and and I don't want to harp on like the three hours, you know, thing too much, but I think, you know, you and I both have, you know, talked to people that work at WWE. I mean, I guess you work at WWE, but you hear this kind of thing a lot that you, I mean, you can watch SmackDown and, setting aside the fact that it's great the thing that you notice is like they have top guys that and girls that aren't on the show every week and when you just think about it for a second if you can't get the Usos or you can't get Asuka on TV for two months because you have too much other stuff going on that is evidence of a creative process that like is survival of the fittest you know I mean that only the stuff that is really necessary is getting on TV and you can say what you will about hotel room segments with the Usos and Mandy Rose or whatever but like that was workshopped onto TV. It's like that, you know. There, it's like there, there, are, there are major matches that would have been on Raw or not. There were matches that would have been on Raw that didn't make it past table read at Saturday Night Live, you know, and that and SmackDown's actually showing evidence of that. So it's it does it does feel better week in and week out. It's like it's 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 always exciting to watch, and uh, they're doing some stuff right over there.
1: It's a good solid show weekly. I agree, and also props to Tom Phillips, who I think is awesome and underrated oh
2: for sure yeah he's, he's he's doing a really good job and and i mean just everything everything seems to be clicking over there and it, it's like it's just it's just so enjoyable now you know raw has been has been really good lately too um but raw has raw is you know has a higher bar you know i mean raw has to be raw has to just sizzle for two and a half out of three hours for you to for you to walk away thinking that was a great episode of raw Um, and it's, that's part of that's just the fact that it's, it's the institution, you know, and, 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 uh, we just have all these fun memories from the Monday night wars. Anyway, man, I'm going to let you go. I've taken, I've kept you on for way longer than I said I would, but I really appreciate your time.
1: It flew by. It was an honor. I feel like we should do it again.
2: Oh man. I'm, I'll talk to you any about wrestling any day of the week. Uh, say hey to bear for me. Uh And, uh, Yeah, and
1: and congrats congrats on the new baby. So excited. Can't wait to meet him.
2: (laughs) Thank you so much, man. I'll I'll introduce you very soon. Um, Have a good day, bud. Later, buddy. All right. That was Peter Rosenberg, who I hate vehemently, but Jim made me have him on. Now we got some questions, I think. Right, Jim? Yeah. We got some, uh, some listener questions. We got a bunch of questions. In the queue to, out
0: there. Yeah, a lot of people asking where the hell you've been.
2: Dude, I had a child. Yeah, but come on. That's not an excuse. His name is uh, Aubrey Jean Shoemaker, born first of the year. Maybe, but not definitively named after me, Gene Okerlund, the middle name part anyway. And uh, he's awesome. He's the greatest baby that ever lived. That's wonderful. The doctor just said that, actually. That was, no, that's not just my opinion. <laughs> doctor said he was the best baby. Wow.
0: Nice. Speaking of Mean Gene, Adam Ambrose asked, what was the best era of Mean Gene Okerlund? AWA, Hulkamania, WWF, or early NWO, WCW?
2: Definitely Hulkamania. I mean, he was just such an integral part that I think that AWA stuff is really cool. Maybe I was just too young to really appreciate him at the time, but it was, you know, it was there, there was it wasn't, it didn't feel like it was significantly different. I think than than at least format wise and what a lot of the other promotions were doing. Um, he was really great, but I think he just really clicked more in, in that early WWF era where he was just such a seamless, such an integral part of, of the, of the promotion. You know, I mean, they, people talk all the time about how he would just, you know, he would be doing these interviews, they'd be doing promos for every city they were going to backstage, but the interviews, I mean, they, they weren't having big matches and they'd, they'd hour long shows and the, The backstage interviews did more to put over what was happening in the ring than just about anything else and he was you know probably the most central part of that so um, you know I mean it was just just really incredible and it's really rare that you watch I mean for something sort of as ephemeral as wrestling now listen we can all watch wrestling and sort of laugh about it in retrospect you know we can watch the Monday Night Wars stuff that seems so important at the time and just sort of laugh at the inanity of it all but like you know, there's only there's very few movies. Just think about like all the movies that you loved as a kid that you watch as an adult, and you're just like, oh my god, that was so much better than I realized. You know, like they were like winking at the audience the whole time. It was like ironic in a way that I didn't get. And you can really you love it even more as an adult. I feel like that. I feel like that when I watched that whole Hulkamania era du- Mean Gene stuff, where he's doing these interviews, and they, I just watched it so earnestly as a kid. But you just don't. I mean, now you you look back and you realize he was just he was like literally winking at the camera sometimes you know <laughs> he was he was interacting in a way that like was just so i mean just just so meta it was i mean he's just fantastic um and and i don't know i mean it's it's you can't overstate his significance to the show oliver lee bateman wrote a great piece about him for the ringer.com which uh if we haven't tweeted out we'll tweet it out or tweet it out we again yeah. um let's do it again i okay. got not and um yeah i really i mean he was just just absolutely one of the best i had the the honor of meeting him um Rosenberg and I actually did together when we did a um we did a interview with the crew of the original Legends House and uh it was like super early in the morning uh it was like eight I mean maybe it was nine I I remember being like eight in the morning I had to go to like Hot 97 meet up with Rosenberg and Greg and we uh we just like just had to talk to the I mean uh, and the whole crew came in and um Everybody was exhausted, you know. I mean, like they were just like doing promo for this day, you know, days of promo for this show. But it was, um, I mean, Gene is just like, he's a, he's just a living legend. And, and we say this about wrestlers all the time, but there's something about Gene that like he, he, he was sort of timeless, you know, he was getting, he, he certainly looked older in his last few years, but he looked, you know, he looked like 50 years old from the first time you saw him because of that mustache and bald head. And, um, and even when he, even when he seemed, you know, we, we interviewed him for the Andre the Giant documentary and, and even when he seemed his most like feeble, he would start talking and you would hear that like timber in the voice. And there was just, um, it just brought you back. It just takes you back. You know I mean? It was just really, really great. Um, anyway, absolutely one of the most important people in, and I think any of our, any of the li- the lives of any good wrestling fan out there.
0: Well said. What is the most interesting thing? to you that WWE could do with Bray Wyatt? Oh, that's a really good question. <sighs> we can actually combine this with another question that was, can you see Wyatt? Wait, did someone ask
2: that one or was yeah. that just you asking the no. question?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sick Degenerate asked that, so it could be me, but no, that oh, was yeah, somebody else. But, um, <laughs> and Derek Johnson also asked, can you see Wyatt winning the Royal Rumble slash getting involved in Finn's title match?
2: <sighs> well, I, here's the thing my gut instinct is, I know every time, every time he appears, I don't, I just don't want him to get involved in a match. I want him just to like have a match, you know, or he can show up in the rumble or something, but like, you know, we've seen him come back, the lights go out and he pops up in the ring enough times. Now it's cool when he goes against somebody who's, I mean, when he pops up against Roman Reigns to a certain extent, or if he did somebody that was really, if he, if he popped in the ring against Brock Lesnar, we'd be just like, holy shit, that's a weird booking. But I don't need him popping up and like doing something with Finn Balor. I mean, it could be really cool and fun on its own, but you know, we've seen him. We've seen him be the schmazz uh, enough times, and never. You never want to be the schmazz. I have an idea for him. What he comes back in the Rumble? Yeah, Husky Harris. <laughs> hmm? Have him do like a Mankind gimmick where he's like <laughs> Mankind and Dude Love and Mick Foley or <laughs> and uh, Cactus Jack yeah. at the same time. Yep, that would be fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I think it's time. I think I'll I'll say this. The valet who maybe needs a new name now that she's also the, you know, my life partner and mother of my child. But um, she asks all the time. Like one of the things when she watches wrestling with me, one of the things that she she always asks for Bray Wyatt is and always asks why they broke up the Wyatt family. And I think that, you know, the Bludgeon Brothers are on their way, are are apparently okay to come back too. I think that there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, the value that they could have gotten out of just leaving the Wyatt, leaving well enough alone with the Wyatt family compared to what's happened in the meantime is pretty significant. Now, obviously, there's more upside if you split them up. I don't, I mean, you can make that case. I don't necessarily disagree with that. But just look at what's happened. No one's gone anywhere since they split them up. And so it just all seems sort of... I don't know, it just seems, just seems sort of wrong-headed. Now, I mean, the other, it's just, and they have such a cool look and they have everything else, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just, I'm not, I'm I'm just thinking inside the box on that. But if he's gonna evolve, it's. he's just gotta be, he's just gotta be more of a wrestler, you know? He's got that supernatural thing down. If I was gonna just like randomly fantasy book him, I would say, I would have him come out and just be like, uh, there's a new Wyatt family and uh, and, you know, everybody's in it. Or that—that that sounds like I'm—he's like play, he's playing the fans. I don't mean that. I would—I would love for him to just imply that he's got like a bunch of WWE superstars already like inducted into the Wyatt family and under mind control, and they just don't know it yet, and have it be like a—and have it be like a like a Battlestar Galactica style, like who's actually a member of the Wyatt family storyline for the next like six months.
0: Oh, and he just turns them like. Reggie Jackson and the end of maybe maybe
2: maybe they know and they're just acting like they don't know right and maybe they're just like they're just playing but like you know so we're just kind of building towards like SummerSlam where the big reveal of who all the Wyatts the new the new Wyatt family is we you know that's when we find out gotcha maybe something like make it a mystery you know play off that true detective shit all right next question I like it
0: what current raw and Smackdown superstars end up in AEW by the end of the year
2: Oh man, that's a really good question. Bray Wyatt? I think yeah. I mean, I don't want to harp on the size thing too much, but if Bray Wyatt, if someone like Bray Wyatt went to all he would be like Andre the Giant. You know, I mean, and they and that there there's a lot of opportunity for like refreshing your character and rebuilding yourself in, in that sort of environment. And I think that, you know, something like that could be really cool. It's not gonna be Bray Wyatt. You know, I think that Ziggler's really, really interesting because he could be Ziggler versus Cody Rhodes as like the premier you know, the top two guys in a company, it feels a little bit like a generic wrestling video game from the nineties. But I mean, but I think that's a good thing. You know I mean? Both those guys are just really talented and, and, and very just like solid and good at everything that they do. And I think that, you know, that could be really interesting. Honestly, I think that there's, God, there's so much, there, there's so many good names. I think that, do we do, was it raw specific this question or, or is it, or anybody?
0: No, it said raw or SmackDown. <sighs>
2: I think that some of the, I think that some, it's going to be, it, the most interesting thing is seeing what WWE's value is. One of the one of the stories that just came out, and I think it was from Meltzer, was that there's a list of people for whom WWE is told, if you get an offer from anybody else, show it to us and we'll we'll match it or double it depending on who you are on the spot. And wow. I think that that's going to happen some in-house too, you know, because I think that the people that are most obvious, the, th- the people you could really imagine exceed, excelling there, I mean, just off the top of your head, like AJ Styles would be perfect, right? I mean, they, that's that that would be just an amazing thing, and he and he's now proven that he could anchor a show like that. But they're not going to let him go. They're going to pay. They'd, they'd pay him. They'd pay him three million dollars to have a to have a Chris Jericho schedule, you know, rather than see him walk away. And so it'll it it'll will be really interesting. And then you look at people like like Mike Kanellis. I think the revival could be incredibly significant to that show and I and I and you know who knows what will happen there but I think someone like Mike Kanellis is someone you could imagine getting released and you could imagine you know having having a role of some significance but I don't think he's gonna move the needle right off the bat in some sort of real significant way now they he hasn't been used in WWE I mean he's been on Smackdown I think I think I saw four times he's had four matches on Smackdown obviously there's intervening factors he's had some personal stuff and whatever else but like like for them to debut him and then just not just forget it you know i mean it was i don't know I, I think that he he could be he could be really valuable but it's just hard to know like it's just hard to imagine what kind of offers they're they're throwing around out there i think that the real i think that one really interesting place to look is 205 you know wwe is obviously you know they called mustafa ali up to the smackdown main roster and i think that that was really smart but i you know i think that i think that there's um I think that there's a number of people that on the two hundred five live roster that that could really excel if given an opportunity. Obviously, they're already excelling on two hundred five live, but um, but you know it, it's just not it's never going to click in the same way. You know, so yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think that you know you look at I mean, obviously Mike Canellis is in that, but um, is is in that category. But if you look at you know, Watami would obviously be a huge get for them. Um, Drew Gulak would be, you know, he's not like a conventional cruiserweight. He could be, he could be really incredible. Um, and then the bigger guys, like you know, Mustafa Ali's probably out of the conversation, but Buddy Murphy or something like that could just be, in, could just be insane. Um, and Cedric Alexander, you know, I mean, he seems pretty comfortable in WWE, but you know, he was, he, he was not. You know, he when he was the Ring of Honor, he was a different sort of wrestler, and and he could he could fit in really seamlessly. So I don't know, man. I don't think there's an easy answer. I think it's going to have a lot to do with with you know contracts. You know, when when people's deals are up and stuff like that. But um, you know, case by case, it'll be pretty interesting. I think that some something that'll be really interesting more so than Raw or SmackDown is to look at NXT right now and the generation. Like we're having, we're in a really like. We're in a really amazing era of NXt, but I don't think I think that some of the like it's possible that the undisputed era doesn't work on the main roster and if it doesn't click within the first like couple like three six months on the main roster whenever they call them up, I mean that's a that's that those are four dudes who could go right over to aew and just be really and be like headliners for them so there's there's a lot of people there to keep an eye on.
0: Ed wants to know. People always say WWE will be better once Vince is gone. Are there any ways or areas you think it could get worse? Wow.
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean, there. I mean, it sort of depends on when he goes. I mean, there's, there's obviously like a real, I mean, there are real like corporate financial stakes, right? I mean, if you were to, I feel like I should be knocking on. What does I say this? If you were to pass away or or step back during like a new TV negotiation, that could make a big difference in like how much money they get. You know, I mean, it's there's there's a certain sort of like. Just esteem that somebody like that has in in on a corporate level. I think as an on screen character, he's like incredibly valuable, even though he's you know his use has been pretty limited over the past several years. And I I don't. I think that it's. I think that in all of the in all the ways that like the internet and fans love to just assume that everything bad emanates from him. Um, there's prob. I mean, there's probably even more good stuff that comes from him, you know. And it's just like he's he's just doing a lot. I mean, it's talk about. You know, you, you listen to like the Pritchard podcast, and you you know they'll 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 give everybody their credit or their their knocks when they have a bad idea. But just think about like the value of, of somebody like Pat Patterson. I mean, you don't think like Vince could be that valuable to a company, or isn't that valuable to WWE? No, he's just doing he's just like probably doing other stuff too that balances it out. But like he's got gifts. Obviously, he made this company what it is. So yeah, I mean, yes, it could. He there's there's. There's a lot of value. He brings a lot of value to the company, obviously. So it'll be... um, You know, I, I still think that's a ways off, though. It's, the question is whether or not he starts taking a step back in the meantime. But we'll see.
0: Guess three wrestlers that are going to be surprise entrants in the Royal Rumble this year.
2: Well, it was just announced that Kevin Owens... Not just announced. I think that Meltzer said that Kevin Owens is officially cleared to come back but they're going to hold his return until after WrestleMania so that's just like like drudge siren for me like i like he's definitely going to be in the rumble who knows but that's my guess um uh Bray Wyatt's another interesting one interesting name too i mean it would be cool if if it was if if uh if Owens and Sami Zayn both came back and sort of like teamed up or fought or whatever in the rumble i mean that that could be a cool moment as far as surprises go there's they have some potential surprises just sort of lingering there health situation aside, I find it hard to imagine they would, they would bring Roman Reigns back in the rumble. I think that, I think that just psychologically for all the fans, it's necessary for him to come back with like a, you know, a well-told deliberately told package about how he is over all of his, uh, medical medical issues and, and, and the cancer is in remission and everything else. I don't think they need to let that, let us figure that out in real time as Michael Cole is trying to explain that he got a clear that, you know, that the doctors have okayed this. Um, but you know, I mean, there's there's a you know that's sitting out there, and then there's also you know there's a, I mean there there's some we got some you know the 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 headliner matches for WrestleMania are haven't even been hinted at, but I th- and I think health has a lot to do with that. There's Reigns obviously, but also Triple H, um, and then you know whether or not they there's always those Batista rumors and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that. I think that my my gut is that we'll get one really wild return in the Rumble or, or you know, debut in the Rumble. But part of that's just I feel like I say that every year and I don't want to get myself too hyped up. So we'll see.
0: Um, speaking of Kevin Owens, Kurt Young is a fun question. You saw that uh, Kevin Owens has lost some weight in his time. Yeah,
2: yeah he looks great. Kurt Young asks. He, lo- he looks great from a really weird photo of him sitting behind a table. But yes, he, lo- <laughs> he looks really good. Um, Kurt Young,
0: Sir, at Sir Ducks a lot, asks, Could Kevin Owens return and run Buddy Rose's gimmick, saying he now weighed two hundred and three pounds and would only compete on two oh five live. Ends up making it much more impact.
2: I'll hang up and listen. Um Wow. That's what was really that called great. the blowaway diet or something? Buddy Rose? Yeah, what was that? I know I know Jimmy. Like that's that's really funny. Yeah, that's like um, one of my
0: first wrestling memories. It's kind of horrifying,
2: Buddy Rose, with that like <laughs> powder great. all over him. Yeah, Buddy Rose is all time great. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be really funny. I think that, I think we've talked before about how they should send guys down to NXT, you know, and just like when they don't, when creative doesn't have anything for you, just let Kevin Owens or whoever just go work NXT tapings for a while. Or, yeah. And that, and that could be really fun. We haven't really talked about 205 Live, but it could be a really interesting, I mean, if they just like, they were just like if that became Kevin Rose Kevin Rose, Kevin Owens gimmick and he and they sort of projected or promised that he would be on two oh five live every week for two months or something, you know, that could that could be cool and that could move the needle and that could that could help him and help the show. I mean, that would be fantastic. That said, you know, Raw is desperately in need of just clear headliners, and Kevin Owens, when he comes back, has the potential to be one. So, you know. I think his he, his his value is probably greater on the main roster.
0: Okay, this comes from Ryan. How old will your child be when you take him or her, but
2: him, to their first wrestling show? Wow. Um. I don't know. That's a really good question. I don't have any. It's not something I've discussed uh, with the valet, but I I think it'll probably be pretty. I think maybe, maybe it'll probably it it'll, it'll probably just happen naturally. Um I mean listen, you know, maybe this is a, maybe it's a thing where we like just like get a get a skybox for the first time, have it a little bit more enclosed, but um but I don't know. I'm going to have to run this by some other I'm, we're gonna, we got to get we got to get Andrew Goldstein on the show uh <laughs> soon because he's also a new dad. He's a little bit he's a few months ahead of me, so we got to we got to talk. We got to talk raising, you know, tag what it's team. like to raise this new generation of marks. Yeah, and certainly a future tag team. Um, What if your kid hates wrestling? um, That'd be awesome. Then then he'll be sleeping outside (laughs) on the street. I hope he does. All
0: right. Which NXT call-up do you think will be used best and who will have the biggest immediate impact and who will be biggest two years from now? Ask Kyle Eggleston.
2: Wait, everybody in NXT?
0: Um, I'm guessing he means the recent call-ups that they announced. Oh,
2: oh, oh. well, God, the stories about Lars Sullivan have been pretty... Sad. I hope everything's going to work out okay there. Um, Someone
0: actually asked about him: if Vince will understand his issues, or is he just Vince? Just going to say he missed a shot.
2: I mean, I think he's going to have a little bit of runway with Vince, just because he's. I mean, if if we're just assuming, we're just making broad assumptions here, right? It seems it seems like he seems like a guy that Vince would would get behind, uh, just the way he looks and everything else. So you know, there've been a lot of people who've disappointed. Events in the past that have gotten second chances. I'm not too worried about that. Um, there was one report that didn't seem too legit. I mean, it seemed very just super sketchy. But that that Hunter was taking heat for what had happened with him. And and uh, and if if anybody doesn't know, it, see, the the story is that Lars Sullivan apparently suffered some anxiety attacks uh, leading up to his what was supposed to be his debut and just sort of like um, didn't show up. Maybe you know hasn't been went off the grid a little bit. Um, and and you know. I think that anxiety is really tough because it's um I mean it's a medical condition, you know, and it's a psychological thing and it's and it's not it, it's easy for it to come to to for those reports to sound like somebody just got cold feet or something, but um but it's and it's also hard for people, you know, on the job to you know, especially old school folks like Vince probably to just fully wrap their minds around what's going on. Um but anyway, uh, there's some, There was one weird report that I'm not sure was trustworthy that Triple H was taking heat for his guy not being ready or whatever. And I think that that's the real fear is that if he sort of becomes a wedge, you know, if he becomes a, you know, your your success is, you know, if, if Triple H feels like maybe he's better off cutting bait, you know, than with, with, with then, then risk th- this becoming like a routine, a gimmick that Vince runs at Triple H's expense whenever he's upset with them, then, you know, maybe, there's, maybe that's a problem. But, uh, you know, I'm not... Anyway, I think that that's. I, 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 I'm just going to hope everything's going to be okay for a while. It's, 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 uh, I mean, there's also the Sullivan had some weird stuff on that bodybuilding forum where he was just like saying some real sketchy shit. Who knows if it was like edgelord stuff or if he was just, uh, you know, he was dabbling a little bit too close to some like meme white supremacy for my taste. But <laughs> I do think it's, I do think it's totally feasible that someone could be like a closed minded idiot and then just like, start a new job and a new life that like totally changes your perception. Um, so, you know, on both counts, I'm just going to kind of cross my fingers and hope for the best. Um, heavy machinery seems like it could be, they could be fine, but not, I mean, I'm, I don't, I never saw a super high ceiling for those guys. Um, Lacey Evans. I think I, I think I said that she wasn't ready when they first announced her call up and some people gave me flack for it. And I think that's fine. I mean, if she's ready, she could be really cool. Um, I've enjoyed her when I've seen her perform. Um but you know, there's a there's weirdly there's a very high bar in the women's division right now and and it'll be you know, it, you got to do a lot to stand out especially g- given the limited reps that that some of the talent is are, is is getting even now. Um I think EC3 is going to I think EC3 is going to get is going to get a really good look at the beginning. I think he's going to be um yeah, I think I think he- I think he's probably got like the most immediate upside.
0: Dan Saint Germain wants to know: Do you have Priscilla Kelly's phone number? <laughs> just kidding, I just made that up. Which superstar did you have a lot of stock in and didn't pan out the way you thought? For example, Christian, who asked the question, thought Bo Dallas was going to be way bigger than he is.
2: Mm. Well, I mean, I have, I I have a. Whole back room full of Finn Balor stock. Everybody who knows me knows that, and and up until you know fairly recently, that would have looked like a bad investment. And I guess we'll see on that. Same deal with Sasha Banks. I mean, I was, I think I wrote that she was, you know, the future of the business at some point, and she still, you know, has that potential. Uh, I mean, has a lot of potential, but but, um, you know, it's. Uh, I think that that. Becky becoming you know like a low-key icon um is only is you know rising tides and all that I think it's I think it can it's it's it could help the entire division but but um you know Sasha's not who I thought she was going to be yet at least anyway um but that's not a good example because she's still on TV and she's getting a title shot and like fans love her. So I don't, I mean, I'm not sure who, if there was any like boat Dallas level stuff, um, Apollo Cruz, I was super, super high on. Um, uh, but he, and, and again, he's another one they're kind of, they've kind of given a little bit of shine to lately, but, um, I don't know. I don't know if there's anybody I was just like totally wrong about, but I'm sure listeners will remind me, um, that that's not the case. But I can't, I can't. I'm not. I can't think of anybody on the top of my head. I did. I was very, very into Adam Rose when he debuted, and that obviously didn't go very well. No. Although he is like a 400 days sober, according to a recent like Facebook post of his. So congratulations dude. That's. I mean, I mean that in all sincerity.
0: Okay, I think we got time for about two more. Um, Make him good. Kapana four three wants to know, and a lot of people ask this actually. What did you think of the WWE? shortening Cien Almas's name
2: I decided not to bring that up with Rosenberg on the phone because I was like what a weird conversation to have on a cell phone to try to like explain <laughs> when he was gone that uh, they had shortened the guy's name Um I thought uh, I thought it was I thought it was dumb um I've complained about this before, but it's really, it's really irritating as a writer. And I know I don't write very much anymore, but that's where my head is. Like, it's very, very irritating to take away a name when you're trying to write about somebody because you can't, wait the way, when you're writing a paragraph about a wrestler, sentence, like you alternate in sentences between using the first name, the last name, maybe a nickname or something like that, because you can't just say, if you're writing about Brock Lesnar, it feels repetitive and boring to say Lesnar over and over again, Right. So you throw a Brock in there, you throw a the beast in there, you know, like whatever, and then and it makes it read, it makes it sing, and so it's really irritating when they take away people's names. Now, uh, it's also just sort of dumb that he was Andrade San Almas and they that was his name, and then now it's not his name. Um, and that means a
0: hundred souls. It's a cool name.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a great name. Um, it's also uh, it's also like the way that he's announced. Um, is like it part of the gimmick? Um, it 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 do, it's not gonna sing the same way anymore. Um, the way when Zelina Vega announces him, I mean, and uh, it, but I will say this: it's silly, it's unnecessary, it's dumb. Um, but if the assumption is that you know Vince McMahon is the person sitting backstage and making these like arbitrary decisions, at least Vince McMahon's paying attention. You know, it's, I think it's, I think it, it, it could be a really good thing. So, um,
0: or he couldn't remember his whole name and he's just like, screw it. <laughs> uh,
2: it is weird to have a first Had to have, I mean, I can, I can see an old guy saying, thinking it was, it's awkward to have like a first to last and then nickname, uh, in all oh, in a language that he doesn't speak. <laughs> but anyway, yeah.
0: All right. Last one from big trouble daddy, which could be your new nickname. What is the best starting <laughs> point on the network? To really get the feeling of the 80s WWF?
2: Who? That's a really good question.
0: It's got to be an old Royal Rumble or an old Survivor Series, you think? So you see more guys. To get everything together? To see more guys, I guess, but probably just WrestleMania 4. I don't know.
2: WrestleMania 4 is great. I mean, if you want to get the vibe. Andre? mm. Um, That's a good question. I mean,. I mean, the, I mean the, the the heyday of Hulkamania. I mean, you can go back and watch the War to settle the score. Is that that is on the network, right? It must be. Um, to WrestleMania still. One, like these things are really significant. You know, I stand for WrestleMania Two because it's just so weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, and WrestleMania Three is obviously like the greatest show ever. I don't know. I mean, there's there's so much good stuff. I don't know. I don't even know how to answer that. I would just, I, whenever I watch the network, it's all rabbit holes, you know I'm just like, I'm watching a video for some purpose and then all of a sudden I see something and I'm just like I need to watch, you know all of all of you know, Don Morocco's heyday and I just go back and watch all of it, you know or like, even the things that <laughs> I lived that? through that I don't remember, just like, why was like, wh- like why was I so into this guy, you know and then you just go back and like just, you could just watch forever, man I watched all of Strike Force not long ago that's one of my favorite tag teams ever. Really? Not Tito for any good. Yeah, it, t- it turned out not like not the greatest tag team ever, but uh, I it, it's just fun, man. Just like watch, I just watch a team, just watch everything on the network. It's great.
0: Nice. You want to wrap this up?
2: Yeah. Is that it? No more questions?
0: I mean, there's a bunch, but I think we got to get out of here.
2: All right. Well, I think I'm gonna listen to my heel producer Jim and say we got to get out of here. Thank you guys. And gals for listening. Sorry it's been so long. I'll be back next week. Hopefully. Uh, fatherhood permitting. But thanks for bearing with me. Thanks for all of your uh, notes of congratulations. From what I hear, there were thousands and thousands of them that were sent in to Mass Man Show h- headquarters. And uh, there was uh, one. I think Jim is going to be sending out your um, Shoemaker Mania bracelets uh, shortly, <laughs> I believe. Um, anyway, thank you guys. Um Thank you to Jim. Thank you to uh, the world's greatest on-screen and radio personality, Peter Rosenberg. Apologies, as always, to Dean Ambrose. We'll see you back here next week.
1: We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on The Masked Man Show.